Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. People fired up on the uh, text line. Those uh, bullish or BS topics, including the LeBron James Museum in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. <laughs> this guy says I wouldn't visit that museum if it was next door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know some LeBron James haters are gonna they they go hate hey, on that. Listen, I'm a you know I'm a proud uh, son of Akron. I lived there the yeah. first eight years of my life. Yeah, no doubt. If they built a uh, Black Keys Museum, the rock and roll band, I'd probably go to that. They're yeah, from Akron. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Steph I mean, Curry was born in Akron, Ohio. Why is that no Steph Curry music? Guy, well, he didn't stay there very long. Ah, uh, okay. LeBron, yeah, LeBron grew up there, went to high school there. Still has ties there. Opens. When he was a high school yeah. player, he was more relevant than the Cavaliers were. The yeah. NBA team at the time. I remember that. He was um, getting on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I say LeBron, you know, people, he's been in the center of attention for so long. That's why he's so, you know, hated. Mm-hmm. And he's become a villain, which I get. understand that. Um, oh, he's definitely a villain now. Unintentional a lot of the times. But remember when he was growing up, think about how long he's been playing basketball. When he was growing oh, up, his, uh, his childhood buddy slash rival was uh, Maurice Claret, the running back. Because uh, Youngstown, oh, yeah. where he went to high school, is right down the road, about 20 minutes from Akron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes, he was the big basketball star. And Maurice Claret, one of Maurice Claret's biggest problems was his buddy LeBron was off making money, and he was not. And he wanted, he wanted <laughs> and he to was a bigger pro. deal because yeah. cause football's a bigger deal than basketball yep. in, in the state of Ohio. And Maurice Claret was like, man, I want mine. I want, that, I want that bread. LeBron's getting his. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah. I remember and, that. You know, I, young people will, you know. He, he felt like he was not getting his end of the cut. Uh, I played with Maurice Claret actually in Denver. For yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Maurice Claret was a cool dude, actually. He is. Uh, but, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. But they're both, yeah, man, Akron. Oh, hot spot. Well, Youngstown. Youngstown, Youngstown is okay. be oh, like, okay. you know, it's about 30 minutes east of Akron, okay. uh, all right there towards the Pennsylvania border. But, uh, okay, uh, we are also talking about the, uh, the Lake Travis situation. School district confirmed with Fox 7 Austin that two varsity football players man, spread peanut butter. Peanut powder and peanut products Come on, man. on a teammate's locker in clothes, helmets. The teammate had severe peanut allergy, broke out in hive. I mean, person close to the family said the perpetrators knew about the allergy and knew even, about even recorded the incident. So there's evidence, documented evidence of their own making of their crime. Yes. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah. That's sad. Uh, and our, our man sad. Mark on the text line said that, that – he says, uh, for, he's, what is he, gosh, he's text, he's flying in. They would be liable even if they didn't know about the allergy. Under the law, you take oh, it, the victim as you find them. Yeah. One of the first things you learn in law school, he should sue them in civil court for damages. Uh, you never know. That may very well be happening. Yeah. I certainly would if I did. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be suing. Um, yeah, that's, I just can't b- believe that's just so, uh, it just, I mean, disturbing in so many ways. Oh, it hurts your heart, man. Because you can't believe people can be that mean to someone. That's not a practical joke. That's not, you know, I mean, you went way beyond the practical joke line there, man. You, you're, this is a crime. I yeah. mean, just because you're a minor, uh, it's like, really, how do you, how can you be that lack, callous uh, and hard, yeah. lacking emp- and you're empath- un- unempathetic of, really for someone's situation? No, it's borderline sociopathic. Well, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. you mentally checked for sure if you're yeah. not going to be sued. Okay, so um, real quick, uh, one other one other polarizing story, too. Then we're going to get to our headlines and talk about the Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian's announcement yes, that Quinn Ewers will play. But this was the Ole Miss story, Rod. So Ole Miss had an offensive lineman or, or defensive lineman mm-hmm. who missed like two weeks yep. for taking what, what he called a mental break. And didn't inform. Didn't inform didn't Lane Kiffin. Didn't inform the Lane Kiffin. That's important. That's, that is very important. Yes. 
So here's the audio that was released because there's a lawsuit now. The young guy has, and his family have filed a lawsuit, $40 million lawsuit against Ole Miss for not taking into account his mental health, which is okay. obviously a big topic these days. And here's the audio that was released through these court filings of Elaine Kiffin speaking to the defensive lineman. If you would have come here, when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you, and you saying, I'm not ready to talk to him. I wasn't. Well, what world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful, honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f***ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the f***. It's called hiding behind sh and not showing up to work. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I'll say this. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know what their obviously protocol is for players who are taking mental health uh, breaks. I, I mean, I don't know that. I don't read. I'm sure it's probably in a scholarship or something like that. Um, there's a better way to handle it, Lane Kiffin, than the way you handle it. That that's. I, I'm, you can still probably try to kick them off the team or whatever. Uh, but the way that you handled it and your aggressive tone uh, toward the young man is unnecessary. Well, and again, yeah. that, unlike the peanut butter story, um, the, 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 the terrible story like Travis, there's not two sides to that. This one you can kind of understand Lane Kiffin being frustrated. I get it. I totally get it. You know, look, I just texted you. All you had to do was text me and say, man, I need a break, coach. Yep. Totally get it. Uh, respond to a text message. That's a protocol for it. Yes. Yes. Same time, yes, uh, the, the anger. I mean, obviously. He's you upset. Know, I get it. But, but, you know, it's fair to say, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been seen not as a huge deal. No. <laughs> I totally get it. But we're in a diff- we're more a different time. We're more enlightened now yeah. uh, about mental health and uh, awareness about those things. So, say, I got no problem with him kicking them off the team. I really don't. That's – you got – there's consequences to your actions. I mean, yeah, that's just the reality of it. We, biggest needs, abilities of availability. We yeah, need you to and, be here. And you need to – well, you got to communicate too, right? We, you, everybody knows that. You have a job. If something comes up, you can't be there. You can't fulfill your obligations. You reach out. You talk to somebody. Hey, it's the least you can do. I can't be there. Least I can say is well, I cannot be there. Most big programs have people you can reach out to, right? Oh, that's and they're oh, set up for you. Oh, that's it's so you don't even got to talk to the head coach. No, you really don't even have to talk. You could go talk to your account. There's a counselor. There's academic advisors you can talk to about that. You can talk to your position coach. You can tell them, and they'll put they'll shoot it up the ladder. You really, I understand. You don't want to go into the office of the head coach. Nobody does, right? It's usually really bad when you're doing that. So I understand the intimidation, in fact, the anxiety about it as a, a former student athlete myself, but. And, I, and listen, I have things happen off the field. Everybody does. Life gets in the way, and you may have to go away. I have to, you know, step away for different things, personal things at times from Texas. And it just – you just have to communicate. You yeah. got to tell them, like, hey, coach, this came up. Or, coach, this is going down. And all the coaches that I've ever been around are more than accommodating. I mean, none of them have been like, oh, man, you got to do what? A personal matter? You're really letting the team down there, baby. Yeah, if Lane Kiffin had done that on, you know – when he texted him, he texted my coach, I need a break. I need a mental break. If he had responded and communicated, maybe, and, you know, then he got mad about it, that would yeah. be one thing. This is two weeks later. We'll take your thoughts on that. That's another topic yeah. that's out there. On the Lake Travis thing, before we get to the headlines, the, 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 the biggest takeaway for me, oh, well, there's several big takeaways, but maybe the biggest is that they're still on the team. I believe they're going to be playing tonight. The players will not identify because they're all minors. They they're under be. 18 years old, and they shouldn't be. No. But, you know, Hank Carter 
Shame on that. The, those kids shouldn't be playing in this football game. They shouldn't be in that school. Uh, I, I was going to say, now on the team. They, they, you know, in the school, Expulsion is not out of the question. It's here. not. It's not. Because a, a crime may have been committed. You're right. That's, a, that's <laughs> for the administration. Because you're right. They may have, you know, different protocols. But I'm the head coach, and I, it's, it's my team. I just tell them, hey, guys, you can't be on the team. There's consequences. You, I'll say you can earn your way back on the team because redemption has got to be a part of everybody's story. All right? So I'm cool with redemption. Um, but, yeah, you guys got to earn your way back on the team after that. You're off. Sorry. You can go play another sport, but you can't play this sport with this team. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. And, and like I said, redemption, maybe down the line you guys can uh, work your way back and on the I'm team just and earn as, it back. But, I'm just no. assuming, and this is the, the worst of, of the cynic, but – I'm assuming they're in integral parts of the team. Like, because if they were just kind of guys. They were just Jags. Yeah, they, they would be they gone. Would be gone. Yeah, so. yeah, they're probably, they're so. probably starters. Important starters, they're probably, they're I would probably guess. Starters. Which um, makes it all the worse, yeah, in my mind. It does. It, it's, it does not, it's not a good look. I'll say that. It's not a good look for, for the Lake Travis program. That's, huh. a, that's a very bad look, considering that, uh, you know, it's supposed to be about molding young men. It's yeah. supposed to be about, you know what I mean, developing young men into being. A character. Yes. They, <laughs> what coaches talk about. There you go. All right. That's so, the opposite. All right, let's get to yeah. the other headlines, though. Good, good, good conversation stories on a Friday, but there's a big conversation surrounding the Longhorns, and it's a good one. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonica will bring you the top stories on a Friday, including the Longhorns. Tremendous news from Horns head coach Steve Sarkeesian yesterday. This is how he started his Thursday, his weekly Thursday Zoom availability. Good news on the quarterback situation. I'd say the, the biggest thing to note now, uh, Quinn's going to start Saturday night, and, and we're obviously as a team excited about that. He's had a great week of practice. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable uh, with his ability to, to operate the offense. Uh, I think he, his family, our medical team feel very good about um, where he's at health-wise, and so uh, we're looking forward to having him back. I think we're very fortunate that Malik got those two starts under his belt, and so knowing uh, in the future if something you know Quinn wasn't able to go that we've got a really quality backup that's won two ball games for us one of which against a, a top 25 team a really good defense more good news yesterday too not just the starting quarterback Quinn Ewers returning to start tomorrow night coach Stark also confirmed that both starting right and left tackle Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones good to go starting safeties Jalen Catalan Keaton Crawford have practiced all week and should be good to go means the Horns are nearly fully healthy for this stretch run that includes road trips to TCU tomorrow night Ames, Iowa next Saturday, and of course Texas Tech the third Friday after Thanksgiving. College football weekend did kick off last night. 11th ranked Louisville held off Virginia 31-24. They improved to 9-1 on the campaign. NFL Week 10 kicked off in Chicago in a game that absolutely lived up to its low billing. The 3-7 Bears held on for a, for a win over the 1-8 Carolina Panthers. 16-13 at Soldier Field. Was a bright spot. The lifetime longhorn Deontay Foreman did score the game-winning touchdown. Rushed for 80 yards. Scored that TD midway through the third quarter, and the defense held on from there. By district round of the state high school playoffs be kicked off last night with Wimberley, Belton, Bernie, and Burnett all posting dramaless wins. Full slate of first-round games taking center stage tonight, including that big matchup with Vandergriff. Uh, 10-0 Vipers off that perfect regular season and district championship hosting 8-2 Lake Travis at Monroe Stadium. You can hear that game right here on the Horn tonight. 6.45 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. Also tonight, Round Rock is at top-ranked Westlake. Vista Ridge traveling to Dripping Springs. McCallum's at Rouse. Pflugerville facing LBJ. Cedar Park is at New Braunfels Canyon. Hutto is going to travel all the way up to South Dallas to face mighty Duncanville in the first round. McNeil meets Bowie. Crockett Cougars in Waco to face Waco University. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. 
Yeah, I understand uh, Lane Kiffin's frustration, but as a coach, you know there's a better way to handle that, to be a little bit more sensitive to the young man's situation. And six, still, you can kick him off the team that's well within your right. Um, but that's why a young man recorded it, I'm sure. Um, I got to think it's going to pay, you know, you know, think, you know, when you do the right thing, right, choosing the harder right over the, uh, the wrong, the easier wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's got it's got consequences, Rod. Yeah, no doubt. I can't believe there's good camaraderie. Can't believe there's good camaraderie in that locker room because there's other players looking at those guys going, "Really, you're my teammate? You would do that to somebody?" Like, I mean, I, you know, I just there, there's so many layers to that conversation. And the Lane Kiffin thing, obviously, is a different story than I'm reading these peanut butter texts. Yeah. Uh, but two, two uh, polarizing conversations. I agree with you on Lane Kiffin. That one's a a tougher situation. And there's a lawsuit. I mean, they're suing the guy for you know. There's other going to say that the young guy's you know looking for a payday. Um, you re-recorded the conversation. Yeah, I, I don't really know if there is a. I mean, what's if the law? I don't know if the lawsuit will have any legs. If, no. if Lane Kiffin within his, is it within his right because the young man yeah, disappeared he's from the be team bad PR, but for a while. But yeah, it is bad PR for Lane Kiffin. Though Lane Kiffin, he should he should know better than to talk to his players like that. Agreed. Yeah, yeah Agreed. come on, man. Especially these days. Agreed. And on the Lake Travis thing, obviously, we can take your thoughts on it. Uh, real quick, Rod, you know, in addition to all the things that I just mentioned in the headlines, we're going to be out at the cross, uh, Fieldhouse at the Crossover tomorrow. That's right. Uh, four to six. Uh, it'll be our pregame show. So we'll get you ready for Texas and TCU, one of our favorite spots. It's out there, Cedar Park, as we told you. People have debated that it's like the, that, the borderline Leander Cedar Park. But right across from the HEB Center at Cedar Park, other side of the toll 183, uh, you can find Fieldhouse at the crossover. Come on out. We'll be there 4 to 6 doing the broadcast and a watch party. Um, you, as it, you know, it's going to be dark by, what, 530 for, oh, yeah, with the daylight savings. Mm-hmm. So bring your lawn chairs. Bring your blankets. Mm-hmm. With, and you can, you can Not all outside. You can sit inside, too. They've got plenty of space there. It's going to be a really fun spot. You bring the kids. They can run around on the pickleball courts and uh, sand volleyball and all kinds of fun stuff. They've got an entire football field. You can the, oh, uh, turf. got all kind of fields out there. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's a good crisp Saturday night way to uh, watch the game with us. Looks like the, there won't be rain in the forecast, just cold, just a little chilly. Hey, it's fall. It's fall, it's man. It's supposed to be a little chilly. You want to be outside yeah. cheering on along with having a Bud Light. Uh, so come on out. Fieldhouse at the crossover. That's where we'll be. we will be 4 to 6 with our pregame show. Look forward to getting out there tomorrow. And obviously get out there a little early with us, and you can watch you know, the 2.30 games that wrap up, which is always cool, getting ready for the Longhorns at 6.30 against the Horn Frogs. And I know we'll go behind the burn orange curtain rod coming up, but uh, obviously huge news. From Sark yesterday, yep. uh, we debated yesterday what you know what the what the first question would be and how they would ask is Quinn Ewers going to play and Sark, you know, took it out of the the questioning's hands. Just said, you know what, uh, we're going with Quinn. He's practiced all week and we thought we thought about that Monday when he said day to day. Now you know if he gets yeah, if he shows during the week he's strong enough and able to handle whatever pain's left, then, then let him go, turn him loose, as he said in his own Instagram post. Rod, yep, turn me loose, turn me loose, and you know it seems like. You know, the benefit that I thought Sark wanted to have uh, was in terms of game and the game planning advantage, put TCU at a disadvantage, force them to have to game plan for two quarterbacks. You still got that because you know, they practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Sark didn't announce that until Thursday. So TCU still had to use half of their allotted time to prepare for Malik and prepare for Quinn. So you still do get that kind of built-in, baked-in advantage uh, with that gamesmanship. But Sark decided to – I think the media in that cover sex football is probably going to end up you know, leaking that or releasing that anyway. Um, so Sark got ahead of it. But I still think you got to set the built-in advantage that TCU had to have to prepare for both of them. Now they'll scrap that Malik game plan, whatever it was, uh, and focus on the Quinn game plan. I do think both game plans will have uh, heavy pressure packages. Uh, to go after you got to you got to get after Quinn pressure package wise and blitz wise just because you want to test that injury 
yeah. see what the pain tolerance is. And if it was a young quarterback like Malik, he doesn't handle the blitz well, doesn't handle pressure well. So you want to have to ha force him to speed up his internal clock and then make you know rash decisions with the football. Yeah, and you wonder with with Sonny Dykes and his team, you know. The book on Texas, I think, is to play you know, that three-high defense and make them go the length of the field and see if you can force mm -hmm. some field goals and not yep. give up the, the big play. Same time, you, know, you want to test Quinn and see where his arm is, right? I mean, can, can he throw the deep ball? We know accuracy with the deep balls have been a problem for him. It seemed like he had rectified that before the injury, but, you know, if he's only 80 85%, I mean, Never Sark know. didn't get put a percentage on it. Yeah. Come after him a little bit, you know, see if he's ready for the live, live action. And uh, prove it that he can beat you over the top. Uh, that would be interesting. But for Texas, if you're Pekwikowski, and we t in this spot yesterday to Landry Burdine, and he said it pretty point blank about their young quarterback Josh Hoover. If you give him time, he's got a good arm, and he'll he'll pick you apart. If you don't give him time, he you know you can get in his face. He'll get, he'll throw it to you. Uh, yeah. He'll he'll make some mistakes like young quarterbacks well, do. Say sound like Malik to me. Yeah, it does. Same scouting report about Malik Murphy. Um, and thankfully, that's why you have Quinn Ewers out there. But I I do I think they will. I think TCU. I'm with you. I think you want Texas to play red zone offense <laughs> at by any means necessary. So you'll get the bend but don't break scenario. But every now and then, if you can get Texas in a predictable pass situation, which is why for Texas they want to stay away. From predictable passing situation, second and long, third and long. If you're Texas, you want to be ahead of the chains as much as possible. Even with the hurt Quinn Ewers, because if Quinn Ewers is in a predictable passing situation, then that's when they can come with the pressure packages. That's when they can come with the blitz. And they won't be on the edges. you got a healthy Kevin Banks. you got a healthy Christian Jones. It'll probably be up the interior, probably be up the gut, where they're going to send most of those pressure packages, most of those blitzes. Why? Because that's the best way to get a young quarterback, any quarterback, off of their, of their spot in the pocket. And with Quinn, I think one thing that TCU might have an advantage of, uh, Quinn Ewers early this season was running a lot. I think he was being encouraged by, by Sark to run. Hey, I'm 20 pounds lighter, and if they give you green grass, just take it. If, mm -hmm. they're, if they're arrogant enough to just turn their backs on you and run down the field, take the green grass, which he had been doing really successfully early in the season and really effectively early in the season. And I wonder if he's going to do that now that he's hurt because I bet Sark has told him the opposite. Now, like, hey, now I need you to take care of yourself. Don't be such a willing runner. If you are a runner, I need you to get out of bounds. I need you to get down. I need you to protect yourself at all costs, period. Which yeah. means I don't know if you're going to see him just running in a linebacker like he was versus U of H. And that's kind of an advantage for TCU because TCU thinking, okay, I can turn my back on him now. We don't need to have, have a spy on him. We don't need to be worried about a pass rush lanes now with him. We can get after him. So if you're Texas, I wonder in this game, will we see Sark be a little bit different, right? Um, because he's a pass-to-run guy. He's a pass first and then, then pass to open up the run. He likes to close the game with the run game. But in this game, especially on the road, uh, Quinn Ewers, who may not be 100% dealing with an injury, uh, do you decide in this game, especially going up against a three-high, three-down defense, do you decide, you know what, now we're going to run to open up the pass, uh, and that way we can um, force TCU, or we can force TCU to have to, to, to have to confront our advantage, which is the trenches. And we can stay ahead of the chains and stay out of predictable pass situations. That's what I wonder. Yeah. Well, and look, this is a TCU defense that's got a lot of new faces, obviously, off it from last year. Uh, but they held Texas to three offensive points, and I think uh, they have to feel a little bit confident about that. But also, Texas wants to make amends for that. Quinn Ewers has talked about that. Uh, they want to be better. Uh, Sark, uh, that was an embarrassing game. With, that was college game day here. That was the game of the week in college football with the Longhorns, and they scored three offensive points and lost that game as TCU was on their way uh, to a trip to the national title. And Longhorns would like to turn the tide on that yes, and uh, use this as another launch point towards a, a Big 12 championship game appearance. Uh, strategy will be key. Uh, but I agree with you. I'd love to see them run the football. 
football in this. You know, uh, look, TCU. We talked about it all off season. They they were replacing the best player at every position on their team. Yep. I also felt the interesting thing Landry Burdine said yesterday is, you know, in the era of the transfer portal, those guys that all went off to the NFL, the D Winters, mm-hmm. uh, D- Dylan Horton, the big kid the Texans drafted, their yep. best pass rusher a year ago, uh, Travius Tom, uh, Tomlinson, mm-hmm. uh, the the Thor Board winner. These were all, but not only were they were they good players that are playing on Sundays now, Rod. They all were at, at TCU for five or six years. Long I mean, time. those were those were those guys bled purple. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, then and, that, and the yeah. guys that have brought in to replace them through the portal, you know, they're just getting here. Doesn't mean they're bad guys, but it's just like they're just you know finding their role. It's a different a different animal. They the don't bleed purple like them dudes did. Though. Max Duggan. I mean, Max Duggan. He's that, crying on the podium. <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy. Yeah. If anybody, I mean, that guy got benched a couple yeah. times. I mean. And, Hodges Thomas is a legacy. Legacy is you know, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Ladanian. Yeah, so no, you're right. That's a good point. And yeah. they, um, you know, so they're still trying to find their way with Sonny Dykes this year. And obviously, it, it, you know, those were all talented players. I Quinn mean, think Johnston, of, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dar- you saw Darius Davis return a punt for a touchdown yeah. on uh, Sunday Night Football, uh, 87 yard punt return for the Chargers. Both of those guys playing for the Chargers. Those are two NFL receivers, so they don't have the th- those two guys. And their best running back was uh, Kendra Miller who was really good. He's playing for the Saints now. Um, their best offensive lineman, Steve uh, Avila. Avila, he's mm-hmm. playing in the NFL. So it's just, they're not just good players you lost. These are Sunday players you lost. So the Longhorns, but it, and this is the year where the Longhorns seem to have a bunch of Sunday players. Oh, they might have 10 draftable prospects on this team. For this year's, for this year's draft, draft, yeah. Yeah, for next draft. They might have 10 of them. Well, and, and I, as I say, the guys that, that grew up in the Metroplex, I'm looking for a big game for JT Sanders in this game, either blocking and catching. I think he could become a real factor in this ball game because uh, you've talked about the three high defense and the exotic looks and mm-hmm. you know I'd love to see JT Sanders a big part of the game plan here. Uh, he's from Denton, right up the road. Yeah, um, you know, show out all those kids that are Metroplex kids like to, to show out in the Metroplex. That's their opportunity. Quinn Ewers included, yep. uh, and JT Sanders from about 20 minutes away. Uh, up north there. Yeah, their Denton. strength is in the secondary. That's why I want to run the ball, too. I mean, Josh Newton and Bud Clark, I think, are Sunday players. I think they're going to play on Sundays. They have weaknesses like guys like Avery Helm, who you can attack. Um, but, man, that, that's where their strength is. They actually have one of the better pass defenses in the Big 12 in Big 12 play. Yep. Uh, and they, they run the three out three down, which has been really effective versus Sark's offenses. And we know how Quinn approached the three out three down. Last time he saw it in that, um, oh, in that U of H game, remember, there's a lot of check downs in that, versus that three high three down looks. If I'm sorry, I go in running the rock in this game. That's a way for you to break tendency, too, is to run the rock early on and then stay ahead of the chains and then run to open up the pass concepts Yeah. for, uh, for, for Quentin. All right, that's uh, tomorrow night, 6.30. Come join us at the Fieldhouse at the Crawford over in Cedar Park for our pregame show starting at 4 o'clock, brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights. Come hang with us, watch the games, and then watch Texas TCU tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Uh, you can also keep up with the other big games going on, including Georgia and uh, Ole Miss, and great games all day, all night uh, tomorrow, including the Longhorns. We'll come back. When we do, uh, Rod will take us more about, and deeper behind the burn orange curtain. Hear more from uh, – Steve Sarkeesian from yesterday's availability, talking about his team, the team's health, and where they're at going into the best game in Fort Worth. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, bumping through a Friday. Good stuff right there. Coming up for the top of the hour, go off the record. And, uh... You can see what we do with my, my shoulder shake here, Rod, if we had our cameras on. But we are not with cameras on uh, YouTube and or Twitch today. Still trying to get our audio issues rectified. We'll do that hopefully by Monday to be back up on the cameras from the South Austin Onion Creek Studios. Yes, where we're broadcasting live, watching six channels of sports, Rod, including the tennis channel. Of course, i got to get my full 
sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Rod doesn't even look up. <laughs> I know. I try to stay focused. There's too much going on, man. We got but people walking by out the window here on the yeah. sidewalk. We got things on the TV. You got two screens going. Uh, but I'm looking forward to these games, Rod, these college football games this weekend. In addition to being really critical matchups, you've also got some uh, – some rivalry games, kind of some bad blood games. And we know there's a little bit of, you know, Kendall Bryles for, for TCU, Sonny Dykes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, would, would admit to you that. CDC? This, yeah, CDC. CDC connection. Well, and Sonny Dykes, and my, my friend Mike Craven, who I record the, uh, the biweekly podcast with, the Eyes on Texas, he wrote the cover story with, Dave, with Sonny Dykes on the cover of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, of course, coming off the national championship appearance and his rise with Coach of the Year honors last year. But, you know, the, his dream job is Texas. He would say that point blank. He would love to be – if he wanted to be the coach of Texas. He ain't the only one. Uh, he ain't the only one. That's true. <laughs> and the there, there, there were reports that uh, maybe there were some conversations. CDC liked Sonny Dykes, too, when the, when the job was going to be open with hey, Tom Herman. Nothing and, wrong with a conversation. Nothing wrong with a convo. Nothing wrong with a conversation, Well, because man. CDC and Sonny are tight. This is with a stripper. That's my wife always says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, yes, there's some wrong with a conversation. If you're having it with a stripper, I was like, yeah, you're right. But right. So, I, don't, I don't think it's bad blood, but Sonny would love to be the coach of Texas. You know, Gary Patterson you know, was here last year. There's good, good connections, good connection game. I agree. And Sonny, of course, his, he grew up with his dad as, as an assistant at Texas, and then he was off to Texas Tech and uh, the great Spike Dykes. So, you know, cool, cool storylines there. We got the Michigan situation with that scandal that is ongoing. They play Penn State, where James Franklin has said some things about Jim Harbaugh and his team about hey, seems seems kind of weird that they mm-hmm. know what do, what we're doing all the time. That's a fun game. And and Georgia Ole Miss is a fun game. And Ty, I sent that you is. some uh, sound on Twitter. Listen to this. So you got Kirby Smart. And Lane Kiffin, right? So those two were the top assistants for Nick Saban for a, for a good while, right? Kirby was the defensive coordinator. Lane Kiffin was running the offense. Yep. And, and we just had the Lane Kiffin conversation about the lawsuit. But listen to this from Kirby Smart because uh, – so apparently every Father's Day um, they have a text chain and, Nick, and, and Lane Kiffin sends Kirby Smart a picture of, of like <laughs> – uh, of Kirby Smart, his face superimposed over a baby, and it's Nick Saban holding him, so it's his daddy. Like, did you say Happy Father's Day to your daddy today? So that's the, that's the kind of guy I, we know the late yeah, Kiffin, Lane Kiffin is. is pretty wild. He's kind of just a jokester. <laughs> and here is uh, uh, you know, who's the guy for ESPN asking Kirby Smart about these text exchanges. Okay. Of course, they're playing this weekend, and they're good buddies. And uh, here's Kirby Smart. How do you react when he posts the great Father's Day post with Saban? On, on Father's Day. Well, I'll give, I'll give Lane this. He didn't post that uh, unwarranted. I mean, we have a, a, a legendary side thread that goes on between Lane and I, so he sent that on the side thread long before he posted it on Twitter. So I know he does it for reaction and for entertainment. We spent several years together there at, uh, at Alabama, and that's, that's another one of his ways of taking a shot back at me because, you know, he used to get whoopings when we were there. I didn't, get, I, I didn't get the same whippings he got. So uh, he's getting his – he's trying to get his, his jabs back. So that's that a fun great. game too. That's that a fun fantastic. game. Ole Miss pretty good team. That'll be at Georgia. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, we'll see if Ole Miss is a good team. Um, I, I think they actually – they can score some points. I'm not sure about the defense though. That's what I want to uh, – I'm not sure. Because Georgia's offense is a lot more explosive lately than people give it credit for. We assume when Brock Bowers went down, their best offensive player – best player period actually – um, that the off the offense will take a huge hit. It actually hasn't taken a huge hit. It hasn't regressed as much as we thought without Brock Bowers. Yeah, he. Um, that's probably a talking and point. And he's coming back too. Is he coming back? Yeah, I, I saw some news this Ooh. week that he may be able to play because this is a big stretch for Georgia. There, you know, they haven't been tested yet. That's Toughest yeah. games: Missouri and Kentucky. Now they get Ole Miss, a top ten team, and then next week they're in Knoxville. 
to play Tennessee, who's not the Tennessee of last year, but it's still in front of 108,000 and the checkerboard end zones and at Knoxville. Uh, but I'll check on Brock Bowers uh, right now. But, yeah, I may play. So some fun games this weekend, obviously. Uh, that's pretty cool. Brock Bowers' return grows more likely. More okay. likely at this wow. point. So we'll get the For very... like a college football playoff run is what they're saying? Like when he gets like to the playoffs is what they're saying? So like right here, thing? is there a chance Brock Bowers could to... return for Georgia's game with Ole Miss on Saturday? Damn. Yeah. They're... He is a freak, I guess, yeah. physically. That's crazy. <laughs> from a high ankle sprain? And, I mean, his people. That's what I'm saying. High ankle sprains, <laughs> usually like a month or six weeks at the – honestly, he usually has you out longer than that. I mean, because you can't cut. There's no lateral movement or explosion. But, like I said, he's a special kind of freak. He is. Well, I he, he, he had a it. surgery to, to speed up the recovery Yeah, he did, time. to speed up the process, didn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. quoted it was, that he, it was pretty much zip-tying his ankle back together. <laughs> Zip-ties. I would have thought, like, his representatives would be like, bro, you got to shut it down, brother. You're going to be the highest drafted tight end. You go out there and re-injure it. And then, you, then JT Sanders is going to be the highest draft. They're not going to draft you high if you end up getting hurt again. Yeah, broke leg. And I guess he just doesn't care. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm playing. Good well, for we him. We had the sound from his uh, his offensive coordinator but in the in, you know, leading into the season that this guy, you got to tell, you got to stop him from doing stuff. Yeah. He, just, he doesn't want to give up reps. He doesn't want to not practice. Got to I mean, protect him from himself. <laughs> yes. I think they might need to at this point. Like, oh, okay, we appreciate being back, back Brock. We're going we gonna to limit your snaps. All right? You'll get four, five snaps a game until we can. Yeah, he had the tightrope surgery. Tightrope surgery. That sound good. And he may play tomorrow. We'll see you by Tennessee next week. Let's get to the Behind the Burn Orange Curtain deep dive on the Longhorns. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Let's talk Texas TCU. First, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the TCU offense. Uh, we've been talking about this TCU offense and the problems that it could present to the Texas defense. Uh, here's Sark talking about Josh Hoover, the starting quarterback, the redshirt freshman for TCU. Uh, a lot of TCU fans are re- fans really high on him, and he can sling it. He's got a quick release. He's got a really strong arm. Uh, let's hear what Steve Sarkeesian has to say about the starting quarterback for the TCU Hornfrogs. You know, what stands out to me is a very talented young man. Um, you know, he's got, he's got real arm talent. Um, he's, a, he's a very good athlete. You can feel his competitiveness when he plays the game. You know, and, and it's easy to, you know, I got a chance to watch their game Thursday night. You could feel his competitiveness on TV. Um, but even when you watch the coach's copy of the tape, he's a highly competitive young man um, that, that is really trying to give his all. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm sure that that makes Sonny proud. You know, we've got a quarterback that plays that way. Uh, usually that instills and, and bleeds into the rest of the team. All right, let's uh, start talking about he can, he, he likes his competitive nature. Uh, I remember Sark, Sark talks about that too. If you talk, if you look at the, the, traits that uh, that Sark likes to covet in quarterbacks that he looks for in quarterbacks he talks about competitiveness I want to I want a guy that's just a straight up competitive that he hates to lose and that his competitive sickness right, is something that you can easily observe uh, that's my term that's not his uh, but he, he looks for that and so it makes sense that when he's looking at uh, Josh Hoover that he would see that it also makes sense because Josh Hoover he's from a competitive household his dad played college ball as a linebacker at Colorado State didn't play in the NFL his brother is a major league baseball prospect coming out of high school so he's from a competitive family of high level athletes so that doesn't surprise me uh and also they got a lot of faith in him e because in the last three games he's thrown the ball 52 43 and 58 times 
<laughs> I mean, usually a redshirt freshman, you're trying to, you know, support him with the run game. Guardrails, man. Yeah. No. Not, no, no guardrails. Turn him loose. Man. <laughs> Sam Free, turn him loose. So he's going to throw it a lot now. He does throw picks. He has an interception, uh, at least one in those three games. He's got five in those three games I mentioned total. So, But he's also got five touchdowns. So he's a boom. Right now he's boom or bust. Right now he's high risk, high reward. But trust me, he's got a quick release, and he's got a gun. And my man Jerry Hamilton told me that in high school he played in a very similar offense to this veer and shoot offense that Kendall Browse runs. And that was part of the reason that he switched his commitment. Remember, he's originally committed uh, to Indiana under Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer actually recruited him because he's got a strong arm. And we know Washington, where Kalen DeBoer coaches now, they like those long vertical shots downfield. This kid can make those throws. That's why he recruited him. He's got a really quick release. Like I said, right now he's still making some bad decisions with the football. But he's comfortable in that system, and they are going to sling it. They're going to abandon the run versus Texas. Why the hell would they try to run against Texas when they know the best way to attack the Texas defense is to sling the rock? Uh, Texas pass defense will be tested this game because I brought this up uh, early this week, uh, E, and people don't know this, but TCU's offense, passing offense, has 116 10-plus yard pass plays, guys. That's the third most in the FBS. The only team that has more, teams that have more, Washington and USC. <laughs> and those big are play teams. Big play teams. They're ahead of Georgia and Oregon. Um, so let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he was asked about the Texas pass defense. And it being I believe my man Chip Brown was the one who brought this up. Sark was a little offended by the question, too, by the way. When he asked the question, originally Sark uh, interrupted my man Chip Brown and said, well, what about the rush defense, though? Rush defense is pretty damn good. You can't, you can't bring up the pass defense without talking about how good the rush defense is. Amen, Sark. Yeah, exactly. So, Sark, he's campaigning for his team, man. I'm not going to let y'all talk bad on his team. Uh, but here's Sark talking about the pass defense of Texas versus TCU. Yeah, no, I, I think a couple things. One, when you fall behind in the game by three scores um, and, you, and you have to throw it, you're, you're willing to take a few more risks. Uh, and inevitably, you know, in those games, we got a couple really critical turnovers. Both games, we got two sack fumbles that we recovered. Both games, Michael Taft gets interceptions. Okay. And so I, I recognize when you get behind, you, you start throwing the ball and your, and your pass attempts go up. Um, but when, when, you're, when you're stopping the run, you can affect the quarterback. You can create turnovers. Okay. People are going to get some numbers in the passing game. Would I like it to be a little tighter? Sure. But we can also do our part offensively and not turn the ball over and not give them short fields because I think that inevitably had much of an impact in that game as well. Um, and so if we can continue to affect the quarterback, if we can continue to create turnovers, if we can continue to stop the run um, and, and then ultimately not give up explosive plays in the passing game, that would be, that would be ideal. OK, and so, you know, there were some plays the other day that that were, we, you know, we just didn't play very well. Most notably, the sudden change post for the touchdown, um, you know, the the fade ball where we missed two tackles and, the, and they score there. Um, if we can clean those types of things up, if a team's going to throw the ball 48, 50 times a game and then you go average per attempt and they're you know, maybe a 300 yard day the odds are we're probably playing pretty good as a team. And, and ultimately uh, our goal is to come out on top and win the game. But to your point, yes. Can we be better in pass defense? No question. Yeah. This game is going to be, uh, it's going to be big for Texas pass defense. 
and for a lot of reasons because they'll be presented with the same issues that Oklahoma presented them with, except for the quarterback run game. They don't have that, um, so that makes the job a little bit easier. But the crossing routes, targets to bunch, uh, them having to pass off routes in. Safeties and coverage. Yes, match cover, match well, quarters Jalen Catalan will be back. Uh, he'll be back along with Keaton Crawford, but they were still being targeted in guys were healthy. Texas safeties allow the, the highest yards per target of any safety group in uh, the Big 12. So they're going to target the safeties uh, and they're going to they're gonna target Ryan Watts downfield and they're going to be shameless uh, about how one-dimensional they are in the passing game. I think Kendall Browse understands, and trust me, he's like I said, he's getting some notes, I believe, from Jeff Levy, his brother-in-law, who's the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and also runs that beer and shoot. That is a Browse uh, institution, and also beating Texas is a family affair in the Browse household. So I'm sure there's a group text or something, but it's going to be important for Texas to get their hands up. Talking to Jerry Hamilton brought this up. It's a good point. It's a high hands game for Texas because they're going to want to the, get the ball out quickly. They know their offensive line is not going to be able to hold up against Texas. TCU does have really good tackles, um, but they still can't hold up against Texas, in my opinion, in the interior. Uh, so they got to get the ball out quick uh, and make sure that they establish a quick game as their way to insulate the pass protection. Um, so I think Texas should play some more aggressive bump and run press coverage against TCU at times. They also should blitz uh, young Josh Hoover as uh, <clears throat> Landry brought up, Landry Burdown we had on as a guest. They should blitz him. If you're going to blitz, you have to accompany that blitz with aggressive press coverage because you know the ball's going to come out quick. So you got to take away the first read, take away the quick game. And for the defense, defensive line, you're not going to get home if the ball's coming out quick. Get your hands up. And for guys like Ethan Burke, Alfred Collins and Devondre Sweat, huge, long wingspans, big mitts, they can make Josh Hoover's life hell trying to get that ball out quick. Just yes. the windows will be so congested. That's exactly right. Uh, long arms, and you know, the, the, that, that's absolutely right because they get the ball quick. And he does have a big arm. Uh, but, you, but, you know, in, 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 since he's been here, Pete Kwiatkowski, when, when quarterbacks are stationary, now he's, not, he's a decent athlete, but he's not going to run. No. You kind of know where he's going to be. That's when his defenses are able to kind of pin their ears back and get after a quarterback uh, at their highest level, especially a team that, you know, Amani Bailey's a good running back. Um, you know, he's one of the top five guys in the, in the Big 12, but this run defense has been so good. You almost wonder what uh, Sonny Dykes is going to try to do. Uh, I'd be passing to set up the run and then hope your defense can force some issues. But I, I do agree with what I heard Sark say there, that, you know, they, 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 you know they, their, their coverage is leaky at times. I know that frustrates fans. Yeah. Uh, but what they have to get rid of is the explosives, the ones that get over the top, the missed tackles that they had against K-State. And then, you know, because they are forcing more turnovers this year. They are sacking the quarterback at a much higher rate this year. They're affecting QBs. Uh, boy, they had the back-to-back drives in the third quarter last week where the two Westlake kids, Michael Taft with a pick, Ethan Burke with a strip sack and a fumble, uh, that, that was a critical play in the game. So uh, good stuff from Sark there, but great stuff behind the burn orange curtain. It's, um, it, the, the two biggest issues in the big plays they're giving up in the secondary are communication errors. That, that was the Terrence Brooks uh, post route he was talking about. And missed tackles. I mean, let's be honest, that – uh, the Phillip Brooks touchdown, that was just – it was terrible tackling. It was just some of the worst tackling we've seen from Texas defense. Those are the two biggest issues in two-minute defense, also the biggest issues in the secondary, and that's going to come back to Harlem potentially, even in this matchup, E, because I guarantee you they're going to see tempo, a lot of it, 
in this well, game. And that's, that's one of the best ways to neutralize that Texas pass rush. And I can imagine the meetings this week because that was uh, Ryan Watts and Michael Taft that missed those di- tackles on Phillip Brooks, who's a good runner. Same time, you can push him out of bounds. I mean, you don't have to tackle the guy. Uh, just knock him onto the boundaries right there on the end, on the uh, on the out of bounds line. And you know, te- as bad as Texas is offensively in the red zone, they're really good on defense. So if you can, they just because they're at the eight yard line, doesn't mean yep. we can't stop them here, guys. Yep. Uh, and those are the kind of things. So point of emphasis. But you know what? It's all out in front of you. You're as healthy as you've been. Three games to go. You're getting your quarterback back. A lot of reasons to be optimistic for the Longhorns tomorrow night as now uh, 12, 12 and a half point favorites. We'll come back. When we do, we go off the record, including read some of your messages that have come in on this Lake Travis situation and some of the other big conversations of the morning. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. Off the record on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B is brought to you by Viking Fence. When you think fences, think Viking Fence. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Off the record, indeed. A lot of comments on the Lake Travis situation involving peanut allergies and a player, uh, including this, Rod. He says, with the Lake Travis situation, guys, as someone who worked in administration and public schools for many years, a couple of things have to happen in order for the school side. They will have to do a bullying investigation. As long as the victim's parents initiate that, school would conduct the investigation. Then any school or law enforcement will conduct their own separate investigation. Mm-hmm. The investigation should be done according to school law, completely separate you can have a school disciplinary action as well as a legal disciplinary action. There are uh, special codes, exceptions in the Chapter 37 Educational Code. In this case, the possible accused to be removed and put in a turn of education placement throughout the investigation. Needless to say, they shouldn't be playing until the conclusion of the investigation, but each district's code of conduct should outline that process. I agree with that. Definitely shouldn't be playing. I'd probably kick them off the team. Well, and we had several people say, wouldn't this initiate a UIL investigation too? I mean, that's the... University of Scholastic League's yeah. kind of role, too. Because yeah, if, if the school's not going to do anything about it and is going to overlook it, to, to at this point, what well, we know, according to the story I read at Fox 7, it was a you know, two-game suspension for the players, which means they're back on the team. And they'll yeah. be playing tonight with Lake Travis plays Vanderbilt. We don't know who the players are. They're minors, so don't identify them. But still, that is uh, that doesn't yeah. show good leadership to it me. Does, I'm a, I actually, I'm kind of shocked that it's only two games. And I, maybe they didn't expect the story to to become a public story. Maybe they tried to keep it's it Facebook's under what Facebook's for. It's <laughs> what social media. Yeah, but you said it was like a, it was like a parent, right? I think it a parent like, went to Facebook yeah, with it, and that's yeah, where. That's it. That's why it's public knowledge now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So maybe they, they tried to keep it under wraps, and maybe that's what the two-game suspension was about. But, yeah, it's not a good look. Terrible look. Um, okay. Off the record stuff. Uh, here, how about this? So Manny Diaz, remember he was known as Manny No Diaz here uh, here at Texas. Um, he's he's taking shots at Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, before their Man game. Candy? He is now the defensive coordinator at uh, Penn State, for those who don't know. And they released a video on social media uh, showing uh, basically a call to action to the fans. However, toward the end of the clip, Manny Diaz comes up to the camera and he starts doing hand signals <laughs> to tell the fans. And essentially, I guess his sign language that failed them to arrive early, be loud, uh, and specifically on third down to be as loud as possible on third down. 
Uh, so Manny Diaz taking some shots at Michigan. Dang. I like it. Good for him. Man he's Candy is what they used to call him. He's he got, oh, yeah, very he's, handsome. He is a handsome dude. You know, his, his dad was more like the mayor of Miami. Yeah, he was. Right? Yeah, he was. Uh, no, Manny Diaz is a cool dude. I remember hanging out with Manny Diaz when I was doing sidelines. Good guy. Stuff. He's a good dude. Uh, all right, a couple of marketing uh, smart and not smart. Dior. You know the, the oh yeah, like Christian Dior. The, yeah, Dior. The uh, what they do makeup and perfumes and yeah, things. Like They're now selling a perfume for, perfume for babies. Rod, you could buy this for your newborn Monroe for Christmas. Baby, well, first of all, babies two hundred and thirty yeah. bucks a oh, bottle. Geez. First of all, what? First of all, babies don't need perfume. And number two, why is it so? Well, everything for babies is pretty expensive. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> baby stuff is more expensive than it needs to be. Now that I'm in the market, uh, but yeah, two hundred some dollars for baby perfume. Come on, man. Two thirty. That's crazy. Your baby smells like a baby. That's what a baby's supposed to smell like. Baby powder. It smells good. Lotion. Everybody loves the way babies smell. I mean, well, yeah. not all the time, but most yeah. of the time. <laughs> That's why you got diapers. Like exactly. Wipes. Two hundred some dollars. Come on, man. That's crazy. That's insane. I so miss- uh, at Kmart on the other side of that had to pull a promotion they were having for the holidays, promoting their ham bags. Ham bag. What's a ham bag? Uh, just like a just a just a ham bag or a handbag. This- Handbag. They got oh, to pull it under bag. criticism because it was. They had signs say "Mary Hamas," so it looked like Hamas. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, read the room. Wrong. Nope. Nope. Wrong. So time they had for big that. signs. Yeah. I didn't even know Kmart was still open, by the way. But uh, be, the, the sign said "Mary Ham Mass." So oh, there, no Mary Hamas. I there's no Kmart in Austin. Are, there is I, not a Kmart. There's no way. Yeah, no way. Somebody tell me there's not a Kmart. No, there's no way it's a Kmart. There's a big lots. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much Kmart. I think mean, Kmart went out years ago. I haven't seen a Kmart in de- like a decade. A yeah, they time. had to, they had to pull that. So, man, somebody's still going to Kmart. Good for you. Jeez Louise. I got a Target. Target, baby. Target, baby. All right, we uh, come back. It's uh, two hours to go. Three down, two to go. Next hour, Rod will have another rant uh, with Deep Dive Conversations. Also more on the Longhorns and they're getting healthy and uh, other big topics on a Friday. Hook them up.